Today, we're going to be talking about Incredibles 2 and Tag. So stay tuned. Welcome to The Real Review. Welcome to The Real Review, sponsored by Parametric and Lazy Ape Studios, where you get some of the latest happenings, real thoughts, and perspectives in the world of film and television. I'm here with Matt Darling. Hey. Oh. And who am I? Everybody. I'm here with Joel. Cookie? Nom nom wants a cookie? <laughs> That's pretty- Cunningham. Pretty similar, I guess. Yeah, kind of yeah. similar. Yeah. Yep. Did she say that? Does Mona? Darling. Yeah, I think so. Well, the cookie thing. She oh, no, 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 no. That's uh, Mr. The dad. Mr. Yeah. Incredible says that. Gotcha. Craig T. Nelson himself. Very awesome. Yeah. Incredible, well, some yes. might say. Very incredible. <laughs> Today, we're going to be talking about, as indicated, The Incredibles 2, as well as a film called Tag, which I had a chance to see over the weekend. Uh, we're very excited and happy to have you joining us for this opportunity to discuss these films. Did you want to say something? You're it. I'm it. Ha! I'll get you later. Okay. Yes, it was actually one of the, that's one of the things I want to talk about, some of the crazy, uh, yeah. anyway, I'll yeah. save that for the review, but totally. uh, just to give you a brief rundown, kind of how this podcast and vidcast work for us, uh, Matt has a bit more of a kind of a fan perspective. He likes to enjoy the cinematic experience for what it is. And kind of this just, is like my face a lot of yes, the Yes, he just watches and enjoys. It's a very emotional ride for him. For me, it tends to be much more of a statistical analysis type endeavor where I look into the film, uh, production aspects. You Where are you looking at production you aspects? Use a spreadsheet. I do. Yeah, I'm yeah. just much more analytical. That's kind of what it. Breaks and I down just into. use that like those like little emoji faces, like happy, sad, it like right. angry yep. icons. Yeah, which is where we're headed back to as a society. Yeah, I don't know if you've talked about. that. I'm like emoji. Before, you're but... like, well, let me break down the synopsis. Yeah, exactly. About it. Which I use emojis too. So yeah. anyway, <laughs> uh, but we do that, and we both engage with our conversation, talking about our different perspectives, and that kind of gives you what we think is a real thought and perspective. Uh, and then additionally, just to say, we're still learning about film. We're still learning about television. Neither of us are like you know experts at this. So yeah. we're kind of on a journey ourselves and encouraging you to join us as we learn more about film and cinema. Yep. Yeah, so Matt, why don't you give our listeners and our watchers on the vidcast here on YouTube uh, some ways that they can get connected to us. Y'all can get connected with us a number of different ways. Social media, we are at Real Review Media. That's Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, real spelled R-E-E-L, like a film reel or a fishing reel, depending on uh, your your pastimes. Um, And then... The other ways you can do that is through our website, which is realreviewmedia.com. Uh, in addition to that, uh, you can connect to all of our platforms through that website. Also, email us at realreviewmedia at gmail.com, youtube.com slash therealreview. A number of different ways you can kind of keep up with what's happening, latest, greatest, fun stuff. And uh, yeah, check out all the reviews. There you go. Boom. Done. There you go. Well, with all this being said, why don't we get right into it? Let's do it. Talking about some movies. So yes. let us start off with the big one that we had a chance to see over the weekend uh, for a second time. Yes. <laughs> yes. And we've talked a little bit about this on the podcast. Uh, Matt and I had a chance to see a sneak preview version of Incredibles 2, December, which was fun. Right? Yeah. In December of December. last year, yeah. uh, which was fun because we got to see some elements that kind of got added, maybe taken away. They did add and take away stuff. Yes. The importance of the animation, I think, was actually very much on display for me to see because yes. a lot of it in the first version was just... Like hand-drawn yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. uh, and how the, how that 
audio of the voiceover type like interacts with the animation is just so important. Yeah. So, a uh, real quick synopsis for Incredibles 2 in case you haven't heard of it. Um, <laughs> uh, Incredibles 2, it's Bob Parr, Mr. Incredible, is left to take care of the kids when Helen, Elastigirl, is out saving the world. It's a very simple you know, explanation for it. It's directed and written by Brad Bird. It's got the voice work of Craig T. Nelson as Mr. Incredible, Holly Hunter as Elastigirl, uh, Violet Parr as, uh, is voiced by Sarah Vowell, uh, Huck Milner as Dash, and then you have Jack-Jack, who I'm, I'm, it's funny that they give him, I guess he has to have a credit, but uh, Eli Fusil. Uh, you also have Frozone, who plays a much bigger role in this film, which I liked, mm-hmm. um, Samuel L. Jackson, and then uh, Void by is Sophia Bush. Edna Mode, of course, is uh, Mona. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, or sorry, Brad, no, sorry. Oh, Brad Bird did, actually Brad Bird did the voice for Edna. I did not know that. For real? Yeah. That's cool. I don't I know like if that's that. normal or not, but that's pretty funny, actually, that he did that. I like so, that. Um, I think I got most everybody. Um, Evelyn DeVore, you have Catherine uh, Kinnear, and then West, Winston DeVore. I'm not sure on their last name pronunciation. You have Bob Odenkirk. So they're yeah. kind of like the main additions to the story in this one. They kind of play a pretty significant role in there. So did you want to just talk about it? Do you want to do any spoiler talk? Yeah, all? we'll just talk about it generally, and then we'll do a, a little brief... <laughs> I don't even know if we have to do. There's much. some elements I think I, I mean, can discuss in the spoiler. Okay, time. okay, let's. I guess let's do that. Yeah, I liked it. I did like it better the second time. Mm-hmm. Fully animated, okay. <laughs> definitely made a difference for me. Yeah, I felt like it was just jarring the first time to see just voices and character drawings, not like moving and nothing was moving. You know, um, I I liked it a little bit better, not not a ton better, but um, it was still enjoyable. It was still a really enjoyable movie. I think the biggest thing here is Jack Jack steals the entire show. Yeah. He is by far like the the <laughs> what makes this whole thing work, I feel like. Yeah. He and was just the home element. Yeah, I mean of, he was a very minor part of the first movie. Right. And you kinda like him and then that I think the thing that really sold Jack Jack was that like short clip that they did at the end at right? the end of the first Incredibles where you which, see that he has power yeah well it was at the beginning of one of the other Pixar movies I'm trying to remember they they included it as a special edition to the beginning of one of the other oh, Pixar really? movies I think oh, I thought it was like uh, at the end or something okay, I don't know maybe it might have been I don't know but you know the little clip of the babysitter from uh, the Incredibles 1 babysitting and you see all these powers and everything and that people really like oh my gosh Jack-Jack's great I yeah. love Jack-Jack and so he kind of took on this fandom in addition to the other characters and so yeah he gets a lot more screen time yeah in this one and it's really great too yeah um any any of this stuff at home is the best yeah and i like the explanation that they gave for him and where his powers and why he's got so many powers as well that he is a little bit special but at the same time i I, this i don't think this is spoiling anything but like edna says like you know it's normal for younger babies to have multiple kind of powers oh, when yeah. they're younger. Yeah. So she said that really briefly, I believe. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you see all that stuff in the trailers. You see that he, he's got all kinds of powers. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I really enjoyed all of that stuff. Uh, again, it was it was just as enjoyable um, uh, the second time, uh, mm-hmm. except for seeing it fully animated throughout you the said course. You a little more the... enjoyable, right? Or yeah, a little think... bit more oh, okay. enjoyable. Yeah. yeah. Just being able to see, especially the end stuff, because the end of the movie when I saw it last time was just again just hand drawings. Yeah. Um, this one was fully animated, looked great. I thought the animation is just so so good. Yeah. Pixar is just they they will never let you down as far as like you know and so the way something looks. You know. Yeah, they've gotten even better 
And we were talking about this. I don't know if you managed to find anything online. I, I was watching a clip, and it showed a side-by-side of the animation qualities from Incredibles 1, Incredibles 2, and it's like, it's hard to remember this has been 14 years. Yeah. Like, it just feels very, like, you know, life's quick. But yeah. when you think about it, you're like, well, that's a significant amount of time. It would make sense that animation quality would improve. But I remember watching the first Incredibles and thinking, like, how much better can we get? Like, this is really good. Like, there was yeah. definitely some stuff. You're like, okay, this is still animation. And then the side-by-side happened, and I'm like, wow. Like, yeah. just some of the shots, like, you can just see the quality difference between the two different ones, and it's like it's getting better and better and better. Yeah. Coco was, like, you know, mm-hmm. amazing. And so, I yeah, they, they definitely hands down still win as far as animation quality goes. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, there was one scene which takes place kind of during an action-y moment with Elastigirl, and there's a lot of, like, strobe effect. And I'm not going to spoil it at this point, but that scene felt a little off animation-wise to me. That was the only thing that felt, like, a little, like, eh, I don't know why. There was just something about it, the way that the I light was... I think it was, was the effect Yeah, that made it seem that way. Maybe. Um, just be, Yeah, anyways, I think that's... I, I think that's was intentional. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. It felt like just the, it felt like the quality downgraded for a second. I don't know why. Yeah. Because so. right when they got out of there, I remember thinking, "Wow, the, the like surrounding room area, like th- that's another thing." Pixar they do this thing where like you know they have their animated characters, but all of the, like the structures and yeah. buildings and objects look so real oh, yeah. sometimes, yeah. and you're like, "Wow, that looks like an actual." Like a hallway that's poorly lit, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. and they're walking down the hallway. Yeah, uh, they have some, they have some, uh, just super solid animation. That's why, yeah, and that's top I, notch. I mean, I could tell just looking at some of the characters, the way it, one of the biggest aspects that makes animation difficult that I've heard of, I've never done it, but just from my research, is the lighting and the way yeah. that light interacts with, like, especially like the flesh, mm-hmm. because it's the our skin. We're getting into the science here a little bit. Ooh, wow. Science. Our skin actually absorbs and reflects a light. Mm-hmm. Whereas in animation, you're you're animating something and it's not going to reflect. It's just it's going to portray something. And right. so they've actually created better and better technology that makes use of the lighting to actually have like layered where the light will actually, in a sense, like absorb into mm-hmm. this animated figure skin and, and things like that and look more natural and have... That's one of the big things is get like you freckles or, yeah. you know, aberrations on their skin where it doesn't look perfect. Yeah. You know, whereas in the past it was like this very smooth kind of yeah. like, and so they've gotten a lot better at that. I think that scene in particular, just for some reason, it looked weirdly like robotic mm-hmm. in a way and in some other stuff, but it's fine. It's not a big deal. Um, I think my sense for this one was I, I was pretty much about the same level okay. as where I was before. Okay. Um, they added some stuff. And they took away stuff. And they took away stuff. And I will say, although the animation helped mm-hmm. for sure, because it was like a much more enjoyable experience than just yeah. listening to voiceovers and watching like little stick figures, the animation helped with, you know, the action scenes in particular. Like mm-hmm. those were really cool oh, yeah. uh, and fun and enjoyable. But there was still story-wise just some stuff that I felt like was missing from this one that was in particular in so much a big part of the first one. Mm-hmm. And I was hoping that they would change that for the better, but it really didn't. It almost felt like it got a little worse oh, between well. the first and the second one with some of the changes that they made. Um, 
I don't know if we want to get into the negatives too much yet. We can stick with some of the positives. Yeah, uh, I mean, just as a positive, I thought it was very enjoyable. I laughed out loud several times. There's some funny stuff that happens. The kids, mm-hmm. uh, I think maybe some of that stuff resonates with me a little bit with my kids and kind of me. Dash reminds me of my middle child, just unkempt hair and just like kind of zones out. <laughs> yeah, and well, stuff. you can really see then, that uh, with the better quality animation of how his, his hair like has this like calic in the very right. far back because of how quick he is. Right. That was really funny. Um, so I, I relate with that. Uh, just a parenting um, of, of how how he struggles trying to get his how baby, how he's trying to get a Jack-Jack to go to sleep and stay yeah. in his crib at night and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that I relate. Oh, I relate. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, Thank goodness your kid doesn't have Jack-Jack right, powers. Right, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was just a really enjoyable movie. Uh, I, I think it's 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 below the first one for me. I think I like mm-hmm. the first one more just overall, the whole... Uh, I, I think it, for me it comes down to me liking the uh, antagonist more in the first movie than the second movie. Yeah. Um, this one, uh, Telegraphed, you you could figure out who who this bad guy is pretty uh, pretty quickly. I yeah. feel like, um, and motivation. And yeah, it's kind of like, okay. Yeah. It's just kind of like you know people will say half baked. It is. It's kind of a half baked yeah. thing. Um, it feels like an adult movie until that point, and then you're kind of like, oh, that feels a bit kiddish right. as far as the motivation of the yeah. antagonist. Let's so let's use that as a segue getting into the negative side because here's my issue. It's not really, I don't know if it's an issue, but I would say it's maybe a negative. This movie, and Brad Bird's gone on record saying he doesn't, he's not aiming to make a children's movie. He's not trying to make a kid's movie. He was trying to make something a little bit more encompassing that in, in, adults will enjoy as, you know, as well as kids. I, I found it kind of surprising because um, in my opinion, I feel like this is the most, it's, it's kid friendly. But I think it's the most unkid-friendly Pixar movie we've yeah, ever had. Yeah. Um, it's very. It feels very much like a an old school spy thriller. It's a spy thriller, but in its like deep down, it's really a story about a mom and a dad trying to make their family work. Right. There, and it's kind of like so, kids. I don't know so how kids some, are going to really be interested in that. There's some like cr- intense action. Um, there are some like. Uh, moments where their adults are having some heavy conversations. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. How? And they stay there for a while too. And I'm like, I don't know how long a kid's attention span is going to be able to, like my kids wouldn't know what they were talking about, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and then this is the first time I've ever heard them say damn in a Pixar movie. And it's also the first time I've ever heard them say hell in a Pixar movie, hmm. uh, you know, within well, about 30 hell. minutes. I know, exactly. <laughs> I was like, I was like, huh. They're getting all right. They're getting both doing their thing there, I guess. But um, overall, it didn't take away from the enjoyment for me. I just kept thinking in the back of my head. I was like, "This is I've never I've never seen them go this route." It's it's hmm. it's, it's for an older demographic of child than I think a typical like Pixar movie would be. Let's say like a Finding Dory. You know? Yeah. You know what I mean? I'd agree. So, um, but yeah, I, I found it enjoyable. Um, and I, I film was a bit weak, but I I. I I liked it. Yeah. So yeah. me as the analytical guy. Break it down. Wanna, yo. Wanting to break into a little bit of why. I think I, I think you nailed it in a way to say that it was weak. And and that's kind of, that's kind of the, the feeling that I got from the movie. After 14 years of waiting this long, it, it, was, it was almost like the Star Wars effect of, you know, episode one or two. Mm. 
hype is out, you know, so many people are just like, oh my goodness, we've been waiting this long. It's got to be really good. The thing you have to realize is that people don't spend those like 14 years or however long Star Wars was like developing the scripts for these things. And it felt like a script that had some thought Mm -hmm. and had some purpose behind it, but at the same time lacked a significant reason for being there uh, as much as the first one did. And I think that really, really summed up in what the theme and the tone of the film Mm -hmm. was about. Um, tonally, it was pretty consistent, but theme-wise, I would say, I, I'm not really sure what the film overall, the story it was trying to tell was about. Okay. The first film very clearly was about a, f- a few things, but it was about Mr. Incredible and him trying to like relive his glory days yeah. or find his sense of purpose and meaning in this world that basically hates him. You know, the whole idea of being a cog in the wheel, you mm-hmm. know, that in it's summed up at the very beginning with the manager of the, the place he's working, which is, you know, are you going to be the kind of person that fits in or are you going to do your own thing and kind of go against the grain? And that's such an intrinsic part of the film. And it's about them working that out as a family and becoming closer because of it. Yeah. Whereas this film was almost more of like family issues, the, the incredible film. You know, it yeah. was like, well, the dad has to help with the homework because he's not used to being the dad at the home. And the mom has to go out and be the breadwinner because, you know, she's the better one at it for this purpose. And it just felt like that's not really a theme. That's more of just like we're presenting you issues mm-hmm. that need to get resolved throughout the course of the film. It's like I needed to have a sense of of where this story was going for the characters. Right. Okay. You know, and it, it really didn't have that. And because you. of that, I think it lacked a resonating reason for being there more than just like, hey, let's just catch up with where the Incredibles are at. Yeah. So still great animation. I definitely still laughed at times mm-hmm. at some of the stuff. I loved the action. Yeah. For the most part. And I loved the music too. Yeah. I really liked how they brought back the same music style. Um and I liked that they played up again that it was the same time frame, you know. But was it like a worthy entry? Like was it a necessary that's a better way of putting it. Was it necessary. a necessary? I don't think it was necessary. Like okay. I don't I don't feel like I'm like I've grown as a person from this. Like, where's the first one? I mean, the whole idea, like, you know, when uh, he, I forget the bad guy's name, Crud. Syndrome. Syndrome, yeah, where he's like, you know, well, if if everybody's special, then nobody's special. Mm -hmm. Like, that's such a thematic idea that he's, like, ingraining in there. And he, the whole film was playing off the idea of there being, like, this world of superheroes. Whereas this one was more... Like, I loved that element, that mm-hmm. it's, like, playing off that superhero world and the mind. Like, you got me monologuing. Like, they're playing off of that as yeah. a joke. Whereas this one, it wasn't about any of that. I wanted more of, you know, I think the antagonist could have, for the reason that they stated in the film that they were doing everything that they were doing, should have been much more like, I want to tear down anything superhero related. I want to blow yeah. it up. I want to destroy it. anything superhero related. But it wasn't like that in this one. They weren't like anti-superhero culture or something like that. They were just anti-specific one element of superheroes. So I can't talk more about that without getting to spoilers. So I'm trying to tiptoe around it. But that that really kept it from being more. Mm. Oh, I already know. I'm probably going to rate this thing a little higher than you. Just I I enjoyed it. I thought was I thought was fun. Yeah. Maybe. Def- I mean, okay. we're always we always surprise each other. So. We do surprise. Yeah. What are you gonna rate it? Rate it. Go ahead I'm gonna and rate give it, it an eighty-five. Eighty-five. Yeah. That's kind of what you gave the. Last I don't thing. remember exactly what was I gave it, it in the the other one. Eighty-six. But I think it was close. I think it was like eighty-six, eighty-seven. Yeah. Okay. Okay. They they made some changes as well in the beginning, and they added some elements which we can talk about more in the, yeah. more in the spoilers. Um, that I just was like. Hey. Uh, I'm gonna give it an eighty-nine. It can be plus. Okay. Um, 
yeah if i gave if i were to like compare it to the incredibles i would have given an a then this yeah just right underneath i would say b plus yeah um i give incredibles one kind of like an a a minus range yeah. and- so um yeah uh do you do you want to get into yeah so we're gonna get into some minor spoilers here okay. if you do not want to hear anything spoiling this movie especially if you're a huge fan of the incredibles Incredibles 2, then go ahead and turn off the podcast. We're going to get into a 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and nobody dies. Nobody dies. (laughs) It's a happy-ish ending for most of the people here. Yeah. Um, One thing I didn't say is that that I did, I I mentioned this very briefly, but I really liked how Frozone was kind of a bigger part of it. He was kind of more like a side character that just got thrown into the action in the first one. This one, he had like a significant role in, you know, protecting the kids at one point and and moving the plot along. And I really like his character. Samuel Jackson yeah. is just awesome in yeah. it. Um, so specifically, this is where it kind of fell apart to me. And we talked about this actually when we saw it, because this didn't change when we saw it the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the motivation of the antagonist, the main uh, bad lady, Dev, Devver, Devver, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, Evelyn Devore, yeah. didn't make a lot of sense to me because the whole idea was that her father died which then led to the death of his mother because his father was relying on the superheroes to save them to save them but her mom wanted them to hide but the superheroes weren't able to save him because they had just passed a law which is a they don't have any control over a law preventing supers from saving him right so it just seemed very unwarranted for evelyn's character for catherine keener is the voice uh for catherine's character evelyn to be angry at the supers for something that they literally had no control over. Right. Her father put her faith, his faith in the superheroes. And then the superheroes now are, they're illegal. Mm -hmm. So why would she falsely go about creating this process where she legalizes them just to make them illegal again Mm -hmm. and evil? Like you legitimately, she could have done everything that she did without going through this giant process. Charade of of sorts. Yeah, charade of making them. Right. Legal just to make you literally could have turned the superheroes, found them into bad guys so that they just got jailed yeah. or, or continued to be illegal. So that didn't really make a lot of sense. I gotcha. Which again is a motivation of the antagonist, which in the first movie was very clear. Mm-hmm. It's I wanted to be a superhero. You wouldn't let me be. So I'm going to take this out on you and yeah. everybody else. Yeah. Um, so that was very odd to me and I didn't like that very much. And then <laughs> okay. the other thing that they, they added to, and I don't want to get too much into this because it's a hot topic. It's like a, you know, hot topic. it's a cultural thing, but the whole idea of it being like, you know, women in the work and then men at the home. Mm-hmm. I don't like, I don't care if you swap the roles. Like I, I'm fine with that. But they, and I noticed this, they included three or four different moments of like, oh, she's a woman so she can do it or he's a man so he can't. I'm like, that wasn't in the first movie, mm-hmm. and I'm fine with the last girl going out and through there, but she didn't have any clear motivation. Right. I wanted to have a last girl with like within the first movie, Mr. Incredible had a very clear motivation for why he was going and fighting these robots on this island. Mm-hmm. It's because it was making him really glory days. It was I mean, that's why he started getting in shape because he's feeling like important again he's and like he has value. Purpose, and yeah. Right. Whereas the last girl, she's kind of just defaulted into it. She's mm-hmm. like, well, we need to do something to make money. Right. I don't really want to do it. They she don't want to take you. Cause as much destruction as right. Mr. Incredible. And does. so she just does it to like help the family and she ends up enjoying it. Yeah. But that's kind of more of a byproduct of just where the script had to take her. Right. All I needed from her character, and I think would have tweaked it especially well, is to just give her some deeper motivation for why she doesn't or does want to do it. Mm. 
I think it would have been very simple. And this was actually in the script. This was the thematic thing that could have been very easily um, put into the script, which is she, her character exemplifies control. Like she is the control of the family. Mr. Incredible is a guy that goes out there and rampages and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and just does whatever. She should have been like, he was learning to be that father, to be that he has to learn these new elements and grow himself as a person. She should have been, in my perspective, the other side of that. She should have been, I need to learn to loosen up and not be so uptight. Be mm. such a like control freak about where every single little... And that was even in the first film, and she kind of had to learn that a little bit. Um, but they really could have moved that forward in this because you've got a character like the faux antagonist of the film whose his power is he mind controls people. Right. I mean, it was like built into the film. Yeah. So I know that sounds ridiculous, yeah. and I hate to... I, I One of the things I hate about... I'm realizing <laughs> sometimes that I do on the podcast is... I'm like, well, if I had been in charge, then this is what I would right, have done. Right, right, right. But I am a person that likes things a certain way. Right. <laughs> and I see them go a certain direction. I'm like, you could have done, in my opinion, something that would resonate more and better. And I will I say, you. and this is like the last little bit, there's going to be some people out there that I think maybe the story, the whole element, you know, the guy-girl thing that resonates strongly with them just because of who they are and mm-hmm. what they want to see happen. I just think that the first film had more open themes. Okay. It had more themes that pretty much all of us can agree with and understand resentments and finding your place in the world. Like these are things that usually in Pixar movies resonate. Yeah. That's one of the things about their films. They're, they they have themes and tones that resonate with pretty much everybody. Yeah. And the worst films that they do tend to not have those elements. And it felt like this was one of them. I gotcha. So, but everything else was great. Yeah. There's nothing. I don't really part. have anything else to add in the yeah. spoiler section. So, but it's all good. Yeah. Let me ask you this. <laughs> would you be excited to see an Incredibles three? I would be. Okay. I would be. And I think if anything, um, this, this movie does help not just make the older generation who saw the original 14 years ago is excited, but usher in a new generation of people. Uh, that could potentially want to see more. So I think they, w- I think they will make is. I mean, it broke. Uh, it's the highest gr- opening weekend for an animated movie ever. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't doubt it. What yeah. direction do you, do you have any thoughts? Um, yeah, I, I'm thinking more of just a straightforward drama, mm. zero comedy, and um, no Jack Jack. A tragedy. It, it's just yeah, exactly. <laughs> an incredible. I think tragedy. it's just just a monologue for an hour and a half yeah. from uh, all the characters, each with fifteen minutes. Yeah, them talking about the previous events that happened <laughs> that you never got a chance to yeah, see. Exactly, <laughs> that'd be great. And there's that. Do it, Pixar. There you go. <laughs> cool. Well, then we'll move on to our next topic. Uh, we'll get into this just very briefly. We don't yeah. have too much time here left on the podcast, but um, I had a chance to see a second movie. Which is, yeah, and I wanted to see this. Yeah, so it's a film called Tag. Uh, the synopsis is a small group of former classmates organize an elaborate annual game of Tag that requires some to travel all over the country. That's a really bad synopsis. <laughs> um, <laughs> director Jeff Tomsick got a bunch of people in the cast, uh, pretty big names. Uh, Ed Holmes as Hogan Malloy, Jake Johnson as Randy uh, Chillon. I forgot, Chill. Chill. They call him Chili. Chili. Um, yeah, Chiliano. Uh, they call him Chili. Uh, Hannibal Burris as Kevin, John Hamm, Jeremy Renner, Anna, uh, Annabelle Wallace. As she, she's a reporter for the mm-hmm. um, the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. There you go. Rashida Jones and uh, Isla Fisher are all in this. Oh, and Leslie Isla. Bibb. Isla Fisher. There you there go. There you go. So, um, and Tom Middleditch makes a pretty funny cameo appearance, I, appearance, I thought. So I went into this thinking that uh, I was going to get ridiculous 
slapsticky type humor. Yeah. And uh, I got more than that. I yeah. got a little bit more. In a good way? In a good way. Oh, okay. Yeah. There definitely was a lot of ridicu- ridiculous, crazy... Um, antics? Antics. To the point where it, it went a little bit beyond, I think, what I was expecting. I mean, there was literally a moment where stylistically the film it shifts into almost like an entirely different genre. Oh, really? Where, yeah, they, it becomes almost like a Rambo-type film. Oh, that's fun. Or not, yeah, like First Blood. Okay. Rambo the First Blood or something. Uh, in a very funny way. It's okay. almost like a horror film. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the film itself does a fun job of kind of building the stakes okay. and making you feel like things are getting a bit crazier and a bit crazier and crazier kind of as the film goes along. Um, I love these kind of the... They did these moments where they would go into the character's head mm-hmm. and you would hear like the thought process. And I thought it was a very, it was like a slow motion thing. Like it would shift into slow motion. And then they, they did were that like, in the Sherlock, in the first Sherlock They movie. did, okay. but you get more than just his, oh, like, okay. Sherlock's perspective. Cool. You get like every character's perspective. I like that. And uh, it was fun because it, it added like a layer of depth where you're kind of understanding the motivation, at least in these moments, a right. little bit better. Oh, that's cool. Um, it went to some pretty ridiculous extremes yeah. as well. Uh, with some of the ways that they're trying to basically tag, tag each other, yeah. yeah, one another, and I think that got a little bit crazy for me at times, a little like maybe a little, too, a little too over the edge a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, they they set up. I mean, over time, they really set up that this isn't going to be like realistic. Yeah. But even in that idea of rel- being unrealistic, it it goes a little too far. <laughs> like one guy legitimately it's gets super unrealistic. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, one guy legitimately gets like a log like in his chest at like you know like super fast speed which would probably have like collapsed his rib cage you know i'm just just one scene hopefully not spoiling anything <laughs> and he's just like the next scene he's just like you know ouch that, that hurt but I'm, okay. I'm okay you know so there's a bit of that where it's kind of like okay the realm of what these people can suffer from and okay. just bounce back gets a little bit <laughs> crazy i think the thing that really elevated this film was two things um, Hannibal Burris and uh, had some really great dialogue. All the characters had at least one or two moments where they would, for the most part, say something or have a line where you would just like really laugh and mm. how ridiculous it was. Especially Hannibal Burris' character, <laughs> um, Isla Fisher. She got a little frustrating, and annoying to me. Really, she okay. played like this super intense wife that's like really into the game. She's not a part of it, but she's like, "Oh my god!" Like she's just insane. Yeah, yeah. And I got what they were going for, but she almost went a little bit too big okay. with it. I think that was almost my sense was they needed to just kind of very either go like ridiculous, like it doesn't make any sense at all how ridiculous this is going, or just tone it, it down had, like a little two, bit. It had a foot in each camp, kind of. Thing. Yeah, okay. it tried to have a little bit of its cake okay. and eat it too. Um, Rashida Jones's character also wasn't the greatest, but the the other really good thing about this was it, it's not that she did a bad job; it's just her character was pointless okay, in the I film for the me for the most part. Um, it it had like a bit of a like a like resonates with you in a deeper level okay. type stuff. It, so it was a little deeper, yeah, because it's really about these guys wanting true to, story, true story based on, based the on true, true story. story. It's really about them wanting to stay connected to each other, and throughout the course of their life, things change and go in different directions, and you really get a sense that by the end that these are really people that mm. care about each other. Yeah. Even though they do some horrible stuff to each other <laughs> in the midst of that. And so that really, by the end, it really resonates with you and you're kind of left feeling like, oh, yeah. that's nice. That's so, a good feeling. So I uh, I guess my question is, uh, I know we talked about this uh, a couple months ago, is that I, um, when it comes to like R-rated comedies and they've been like a super huge fan, but yeah. 
Um, I did really like Game Night. Did you see that? Did you no, end up seeing that? Not okay, yet. not yet. I was gonna have you compare the two. Yeah, I wish um, I could. Okay, so I I'm, think I'm gonna see Tag. I'll probably yeah maybe talk about. There it was then. legitimately no real significant reason for this film to be R except for just language. Language. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm like I I don't even understand it at times. It wasn't necessary. The cursing maybe one or two times made it a little bit more funny. Yeah. They legitimately could have cut that out, I feel like, and made this a more PG-13 type of thing. Right. Because there, there's no, I don't think there's any real sex. Well, there's like one kind of, gra- not even graphic, there's no nudity. Yeah. Um, the concepts and the ideas are like PG-13-esque mm-hmm. level. So nothing you'd see, anything worse than you'd see on TV. I gotcha. So I really don't know why they didn't just well, turn that down a little bit. Yeah, it's all good. I thought Game Night was really great, and I, I think they did a great job for it still being R. But it was, yeah. So I'm yeah. I'm excited to see it. I'm glad that you liked it. Yeah, I think if it had been a little either more ridiculous and knowing it's being ridiculous, okay. or a little bit less ridiculous and a little bit more grounded, then it kind of would have found a, a happier middle to me. I will say the only other thing, the reason I'm not going to rate it higher because it sounds like I'm giving a lot of praise, whereas mm-hmm. Incredibles I gave it you know a yeah. lot of negativity. Um, it wasn't super funny. Okay. It, I mean, I, I definitely laughed. There's probably like four or five times where I laughed out loud. Yeah. But in a film that long and, and stretching over the course of an hour right. and a half, like to only laugh four or five times, and oh, the rest of the time okay. just kind of chuckle. Okay. Because as many times as there would be a joke, probably less the times there would be a joke and I would just laugh at, there would be like two or three other jokes that I'm just kind of like, okay. Yeah. 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 I so, gotcha. I'm not saying it's a bad film. I think it's you know worthwhile to check out if you, if the concept looks funny to you. And that's the other thing I like the the idea that they're doing yeah. something that's so. Crazy I like the concept. Film. That's probably what. Yeah. That's what sells me on it. Um, What's what are you going to rate it? So I'm going to give it an 83. Okay. Yeah, which is pretty high. Yeah. I think considerably for how I usually rate films. That's just under what I gave Game Night. So. Yeah. Okay. So cool. yeah, hopefully you get a chance to check it out. I'll try and check out Game Night. Yeah, check, check out Game Night. Out. I'll check out Tag. We'll, we'll make it happen. Do a middle comparison. Yes. Cool. So we'll go ahead and wrap things up on the podcast here. Uh, some ways, once again, to get connected. We have realreviewmedia.com. We have our Facebook, which is facebook.com slash realreviewmedia. We have our Instagram and our Twitter, which are both at realreviewmedia, as always spelled R-E-E-L. And we would love to hear your thoughts and perspectives, what you thought of this 14-year-long wait into a, an Incredibles 2 film. Uh, if you enjoyed it, if you thought it was incredible, if you didn't, let us know. Uh, send us an email, realreviewmedia at gmail.com. Yes. Matt, anything yes. further for us? No. Podcast? No, nothing further, Joel. All right. Well, with that then, it's been real. It's been real. <laughs>